guys welcome back to another episode of more than a podcast your host james as always here to give you guys more of the greatness so we're going to just jump directly into the business which if uh you are not living under a rock i'm pretty sure that you know that uh spider-man has just come out in the theaters uh came out uh i guess you want to say friday technically or people call it thursday night but i mean if it's 12 p.m i mean 12 a.m that you're going to go see a movie then it is friday so don't give me that thursday crap but um anyway uh yeah spider-man came out and you know i I, this podcast that i'm going to do right here this particular one i'm just going to go ahead put the disclaimer up now the disclaimer is already going to be in the description Um, because I want to be very, very, very transparent that I am going to talk about the entire movie. I'm going to talk about the whole thing. Um, This is going to be spoilers. This is going to talk about the plot, the characters, everything that happens. I'm not leaving anything uh, unturned. I'm talking about mid-credit scene, end-credit scene. I'm talking about it all. So if you don't want any of this spoiled, I would just say straight up, don't listen to this podcast until after you've seen it yourself, after you've enjoyed it, after you've gotten your fill of Spider-Man and you're OK. And, you know, now you want to kind of listen to somebody rant and rave about their particular experience. All right. So I'm just letting you know, because that's exactly what it's going to be. Um, but, yeah, we're going to talk about Spider-Man. No Way Home came out this Friday. And, you know, I'm going to say right right off the cuff, I was partially excited, but not really and the reason why is because I haven't seen the first two films. So that let's just knock that right out. I didn't see the first two films. And I think the reason I didn't see the first two films is because I was more invested in his participation with the Avengers. I really didn't care about his individual stories because I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm from, you know, the early 2000s coming into the 2010s. And so I've seen all of the iterations of Spider-Man before him. And I think I was just suffering from some type of fatigue. Like it was cool that he, again, participated in the overarching uh, narrative of the Avengers and all the stories that they told on the Marvel, on the MCU side. Um, But I just, you know, like I just wasn't really enthusiastic about, uh, you know, his, his single films. Now I will say, and this is going to sound so petty, but again, this is just, this is just my kind of view or my kind of, um, I guess perspective on it. I wanted to see the second one because it was featuring one of my favorite villains and that's Mysterio. And I was just super bought into it, but then I started getting into plot points and stuff and I guess people were, I guess the plot of the story is that, you know, people were perceiving Mysterio as this hero or whatever. And, um, you know, and, and then and then it was all taking place overseas while they were on some vacation or whatever. And so I just was like, yeah, I, I kind of don't want to see that. Like, I'd much rather it all just kind of happen in New York like it always normally does. Um, 
yeah, it's just it, it was just a petty way for me to kind of go about it. Um, so I didn't see the first two films, but I wanted to see this one because I think it was because I I want to take in as many of the heroes. Um, I want to take in their perspective of you know the plot after Endgame. Like like that's what I've been most interested in is. What is it that people are doing after in games? And, you know, they you know, they've titled it the blip. Um, and, you know, you've seen all different kind of um, rationales come out in a lot of the show narratives, um, you know, whether it was WandaVision, um, Hawkeye, you know, Loki. It's just like everybody just kind of have this this interpretation of what happened after Thanos. So. That's really where where I kind of piqued my interest as far as Spider-Man. I was just like, okay, well, let's just kind of see where that whole thing went with them. And and then and then the quite to to be quite honest, I was I was stupid excited for just the villains as far as Dr. Uh, Octopus and especially Green Goblin. Like when I saw that first trailer, I was like, yo, I don't care. I got to see this. And it was so funny because in in that moment, to be quite honest, I didn't even think about the possibility of featuring other Spider-Men, you know, like that that became like a later speculation. And it was just like, oh, well, that would be interesting if they did, um, you know, like my, my focus, honestly, was to try to try to keep a tally on how many villains were featured so that I could see if they would finally, finally uh, pay the respect to the Sinister Six as we have been clamoring for for decades. It's just been so long. You know, they've teased it in The Amazing Spider-Man and it just never happened. And and man, I was I was just that that's where my excitement was. I was like, OK, there, ha- you know, even if, even if, you know, they don't show the last member up until the day I go see the movie. Maybe that's when they say, okay, here's the Sinister Six. But I'm going to tell you right now, that movie is just so... The mo- First off, the movie is just great. Like, let's just get the, the review part out of the way. The movie is fantastic. I think anybody and everybody should go see it. Um, if I had to rate it, I would put it... Like, a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably say it was like an 8.5. Um, but it was. it's really itching towards that 9. Um, it's not a perfect film, but it's absolutely entertaining. Um, and I had fun with it, you know, even without seeing the previous two films, I had a lot of fun with this one. Now let's talk about the plot stuff. Um, so in this film, you know, obviously you, you, you've gotten the point of, you've looked at the trailers and stuff, um, you already know that in, you know, through the synopsis that this has to do with the multiverse, they've been you know, talking about the multiverse and all the possibility of, of alternate realms through all of the, the Disney plus series. Um, and a lot of that is starting to come into fruition, uh, within the MCU on the silver screen. And so that's what a lot of that had to do about. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it just really, really honest. So, so Peter Parker gets exposed as Spider-Man and now everybody knows that he's Spider-Man. And not only that, there's just kind of like this, there's this, um, 
this polar kind of perspective on him. You know, people say, oh, he's a murderer because he killed Mysterio. And then there are people saying, oh, he's such a hero. He's so great. And, you know, bottom line is they, they know where he lives and all this other stuff. And it's just really, really crazy on him and everybody that he uh, deals with in day to day life. Now, um, you know, it, it's it, it wasn't too hard for me to buy into it at that point. But where it got ridiculous was when he conceptually thought, oh, I, I you know, I think it will be a good idea to go and, and seek out Dr. Strange because he'll be able to make everybody forget about me. And like, I like, I, I don't know, like, I, I just like that part just was just so far fetched for me, but I was just going along with it. But then it, but then, you know, like Dr. Strange in the MCU is actually one of my favorite characters. Like I like Dr. Strange. I like, uh, Benedict, uh, Cumberbatch's, uh, I like his interpretation and his, his, whole act as dr strange i think he's perfect in casting for that role um but you know just as that character i was like would he really just do this like would he really just go out of his way to do some stupid spell to just make people forget but then the part that just really 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 just knocked me out was just it it was it was basically like you knew what was going to happen because as Doctor Strange is doing this spell, you know, uh, Peter's just kind of like, no, well, what about this? Oh, but what about that? And it was just it was just like it, it was it was it was too cartoony that like like I, I felt like if if Disney had any part to do in it, it was that part. You know, it was just it was just laid out so that people can perfectly understand how things went awry. And I was like, yeah, this is just laid out for kids like this is just so kids can understand. And, um, you know, it was what it was. Now, you know, like like I said, you know, we go through the rest of the movie and we're finding out that, you know, there's all these concessions that have to be made because people know that, you know, Peter Parker's Spider-Man and whatever. And, you know, it, it just I don't know, like it. It really didn't pick back. It really didn't pick up for me again until the villains started showing up, you know, like I didn't really understand how. You know, like because I guess they were all trying to get into MIT and, you know, like uh, his girlfriend, uh, MJ and his best friend, they got denial letters to get in. So did he. And but their denial letters was based on the fact that, you know, that of recent events of like like their dealings with Peter Parker, like it didn't make sense. Like it like like what school bases you know, your entry on your sense of character short of you, you know, maybe, uh, you know, writing an entry letter or something of that nature, which again, that that's something that would focus solely on you. And then of course there's your grades and stuff like to be considered. And none of that was the factor. It was just like, Oh, you're not getting in because you know, Peter Parker, like what? So, so like, it was just a little weird. Um, up to the point, like I said, up to the point where the villain started showing up. And I got to say, Dr. Octopus's um, or Doc Ock, I guess we could just shorten it up. His in his intro into the universe was just phenomenal. It, it it basically threw me back to the second film 
in the original uh, Sam Raimi series where uh, where Peter and Mary Jane were sitting in the uh, coffee shop and it was like Peter heard like like he like he like they're they're having a serious conversation and then immediately his face just kind of like changed and his you know that was like the spider sense thing and so he picks up Mary Jane because there's a car that's you know flying towards him or whatever it was just like that and I just felt like like this like Tom Holland as Peter Parker is sitting here talking to this lady in this car having a you know like a silly serious conversation but then just completely light switched and I and and that that I'll give him a big token to on his acting because it was so cool to just watch how if you know there wasn't any audio cues you would definitely knew you would definitely know it from just the visual just how he changed his whole percept like he like just went from halfway smiling to just completely serious like something's coming or something is not right you know what i mean but doc ock man he but when he when he came out it was just it was just so awesome it was stupid cool and um I, like okay so i i liked i like the view or i like the the perception that like all oh, the tentacles are in in control of him but i would i would more like it if he had at least 60 40 on the control because it just doesn't it you know like the way that they're painting it is like he's just like it's basically like 80 20 you know what i mean like like the arms are just in complete control um but man it, it it's so cool to think that without the proper resources doc i could seriously kill spider-man he could seriously kill him like he would he literally won that fight like if you want to just talk about it like blow for blow you know move for move like he literally won that fight um what i what i thought was really really cool and i don't know if this was like a part of his technology or what the deal was but he absorbed he absorbed the nanotechnology that was made out of peter parker's suit because he had ripped the front side of the suit off and he just absorbed it onto his tentacles now it backfired because it caused peter parker to be able to control the the arms and of course that was like another funny part um which i had a just out of context i had a really lame theater like i didn't really have a theater that was really rowdy about it i think I mean, I went I I went at a four o'clock show, three fifty technically, but it was a four o'clock show. And I mean, there was there were some kids in there and stuff like that, but it was enough people that you would have thought that it would have been a little bit more raucous, and it just wasn't. Which I guess for I mean, some people like that, some people don't. I actually really like when you know cool things happen and the house goes nuts. I love that kind of stuff. Like I still think back to Endgame when you know, like they showed the scene of the hammer getting up. And, and, and I remember, you know, this is total segue, but um, I remember when the hammer was coming up, I was thinking that it was levitating because it was unconsciously going to help Thor. And then it did kind of hit, it did hit Thanos and then come back. And I was just thinking like the whole time I'm thinking, oh, this is just the hammer just kind of doing its thing because, you know, it's protecting, you know, 
it's master or whatever. And then when Steve Rogers, when it went into Steve Rogers hands, the entire theater just went absolutely bonkers. And so did I. I mean, I, I screamed like a little girl. It was just the best time ever. And that was that was the reaction that I was expecting to have in a lot of the scenes as far as like the villain intros, um, the hero intros and stuff. And we'll, we'll get more deeper into that. So what's funny is that they, they have this whole fight and then Peter gets control of these arms, you know, because of his Stark technology and all this other stuff, which, which, that that's something that again like i like i think that's the i think that was the reason i didn't see the first two films because i was just so against the fact that they were like the first film it was about um it was about iron man kind of being his idol and whatever and i was just like ah, i just i really just want spider-man to just be spider-man you know like i don't want him to just ride on the coattail of robert downey jr as Iron Man and then you know it's just kind of like you know two people helping each other and just whatever and then the second one was about coming back from the blip and trying to adjust and then the whole Mysterio thing and then you got this one so you know like there was there was different emotions that I could have felt about every like and that's what like that's what I'm saying like the first two I just wasn't on board for them but as I as like as they were laying everything out as far as the introduction of each and every character and how they were coming into their scenes, it was just, it was something to behold. And especially the green goblin, like his intro was, it was okay. So, so I'm going to go back to my original, my original thought when I first saw that suit in the trailer, um, because I saw the suit in the trailer and I said, well, it's the exact same suit as the first movie. And, you know, like I, like somebody rationally told me, they were like, well, of course it's going to be because he's pulled out of the universe at the time where, you know, he would have been wearing exactly that. Um, and I was like, okay, that's cool. But then why is Doc Ock, you know, not shirtless and, you know, in his leather jacket and all that other junk? But, of course, this is because Alfred Molina is probably like 60-something years old and doesn't have that, you know, that the the physique to carry on that that look you know um <laughs> but you know i digress um but yeah green goblin coming out and making his scene um electro coming out now here here's here's my thing about the whole electro thing i am glad that they redid electro to make him more in canon with or sort of in canon with the comic book look i think the blue look was cool from the amazing spider-man series but i just don't think it did him as much justice as it could have if he would looked more like the regular electro that we know from the comics um they they even they even paid homage to his original mask which is kind of like uh, it looks like a kind of like a star bolt uh kind of uh design and when he goes to shock spider-man it actually flashes over his face like that and i was just like dude yes like they're they're basically saying like this is his origin this is where he comes from this is what he looks like and i was so that that sold it for me i've always been a huge electro fan um but i here's something i'm gonna say 
I'm not a huge Jamie Foxx fan. I'm just not a big Jamie Foxx fan. I think Jamie Foxx does really good, uh, serious movies. I like him in biopics and stuff like that. Um, but I just don't like when he's in films where he tries to insert his comedy in non-comedic um, scenarios. You know, like there was just a scene where, um, you know, he, he I guess he just says, you guys are just going to stand there like I'm not butt naked. And it was just like, OK, like that's just you just being Jamie Foxx. I'm pretty sure that's something that's improv. I'm, I don't think anybody wrote that down for you to say. Um and it's just not funny to me, you know, like it just doesn't come off as funny to me. And a lot of and that's a lot of his dialogue was just based on him being comedic. And I was just like not really buying into it. Um, Sandman coming back, that was kind of cool. But <clears throat> but I don't know, like the I get. Oh, well, I know I, I do get it because by Spider-Man three, um, he was helping Peter Parker. So I think his understanding was that he was helping the same Peter Parker that he helped in the opposite universe go against Electro. Um, and who else came out? <clears throat> oh, and the lizard. Yeah. The lizard, um, the lizard was cool. The li like, here's my thing about the lizard. I, I just think the design of the lizard is just not very good. I, I would, I would more, I would, I would like it more if he looked like the lizard from the comics, kind of like, you know, the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of looked like the, you know, like still kind of in a torn up jacket, torn up kind of pants, um, you know, maybe more like a like an alligator type face or a crocodile type face. You know, I mean, he just looked like a, a humanoid reptile and it just it with with a big human head. And of course, he was able to talk, but in his talking he didn't sound ferocious at all. He didn't sound animalistic. He just sounded like a man. And I was just like, yeah, that's not working for me. And it, it didn't work for me in the first amazing Spider-Man film. And I, and I'm just not going to buy into it. I'm just not buying it. Um, but where it really kind of hit, you know, this crazy, uh, position was how it went it, so basically they go to Dr. Strange to say like, OK, well, we you know, we got problems. You know, we got people out here and they're going to destroy everything and blah, blah, blah. And he says, OK, now you got to go and you got to capture them. And it's so funny because like they totally swerved us on that on that black suit. Like. I thought that black suit was like a suit that maybe Tony Stark, uh, maybe uh uh Dr. Strange had manifested for him because it it kind of glowed the way that the little arm because he Dr. Strange gave him like this armlet that shot out these beams that would transport the bad guys from, you know, where they were at that moment to like a, a chamber in, you know, his uh, sanctorum. And I thought that suit was like a representation of like a sorcerer type of spider-man and it totally wasn't it was basically him when he was trying to clean off this goop that somebody spilled on him um he turned the suit inside out and so that was just like the electronics and all that other jazz and it was just retarded and i was just like oh my gosh like is this really is this really like like you swerved me like i thought it was like a whole different suit 
I thought he would. I thought that between him and any other Spider-Man that show up, that it was just going to be a number of different suits scene. Um, and we can get into that. So let's. Well, first off, before we get into into the Spider-Man, um, and yes, Spider-Man, they 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 did show up. So I can confirm with you that the Spider-Man showed up, and it was glorious. But you know, one other swerve that they that they threw that I thought was absolutely hilarious so i don't know how much you guys read the dirt sheets and read the you know all the speculations and oh you know what what's the rumor mill saying and so there was this rumor that in this spider-man film um that his friend i believe his name's ned his friend was going to turn on him in some way shape or form and become the hobgoblin and like this was a big thing. Like I like I read this a couple of places. Like people were saying he was going to become the hobgoblin. He was going to be jealous about something, upset about something. I don't know, but he was going to become the hobgoblin. And there was a part in the movie where he has this dialogue and he says, "You know, I promise not to turn into an evil villain and kill you because you're my best friend or something like that." And they kind of paused and showed Peter's face and they showed his face and showed Peter's face again. And I thought it was super funny because. It was basically tongue in cheek of saying, you guys, you know, right in the dirt sheets, you're wrong. Like, you're totally wrong. Like, this guy's never going to be, you know, a villain in any of these movies. Like, you're just wrong. Um, but I but I did think it was hilarious that they actually addressed that because that was a huge thing. And I actually thought, hey, if they if they end up with a sinister six, he would be the six. Like and I, and I was just thinking, like, maybe maybe an alternate version of him from a different universe would would make an appearance and you know just kind of be like him looking at his mirror image like oh my god i can't believe you know me in this universe is trying to kill my best friend um but i did 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 so so very much enjoy the introduction of the spider-man so um andrew garfield and toby mcguire um both reprised their roles as peter parker from their respective uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man films. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And you know what I really, really, really dug about it? What I dug about it was that they they really showed a contrast in personality on how each of these Spider-Men were or are. Like, it was, they were just so different. Like, Sam Raimi Spider-Man is just kind of like, you know, he just kind of has this tragic kind of look, but also this very heroic kind of look like he looked like it, it like if 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 these three Spider-Men were the Avengers, then Tobey Maguire would be Captain America. He would be Captain America. Andrew Garfield would be Thor and Tom Holland would be um, he'd be tony stark just that that's about as good as i could i could explain it um but in that same in that same stretch andrew garfield had a very very big right to possibly be tony stark because he was the brainy one he was the one that was stupid good with science and he just knew all these like it was it was and he was he was the one that was really socially awkward as well he was socially awkward he was saying a lot of things that you know like I don't know. They were just like silly, but but to be quite honest, between the three of them, he was my favorite Spider Man. He's always been my favorite Spider Man. Um, 
I I appreciate Tobey Maguire Spider Man. I love the original three films. Like love them, but Andrew Garfield Spider Man to me was like one of the best. And it's so funny because like I the other thing I like about it is that they don't try to they don't try to present any kind of uh, way to even them out in any way. So. You know, like Andrew Garfield is clearly taller than both Tom Holland and uh, and uh, uh, Toby Maguire. He's clearly taller than them, clearly slimmer than both of them. And Toby is clearly older than both of the other ones. But the way that they played it out was right, because I was thinking that they were going to do something in line of like we're pulling in these Spider-Men from the very moment that they were being Spider-Man. And I know that sounds weird the way I said it, but basically I was I was thinking when they, when when Toby Spider-Man comes to this to the MCU, he's going to represent like at least Spider-Man from Spider-Man 2. And, you know, uh, you know, and Amazing Spider-Man, you know, it's going to Andrew Garfield's going to represent Spider-Man you know, possibly, you know, from after uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, you know, just a little bit older. Um, but no, they 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 played them as heroes who had been continuing to be Spider-Man in their universes and had been well into the part of being Spider-Man. So they were aged. You know, both of them had visible facial hair and, you know, just looked more weathered than I would have assumed. Now, I didn't understand rationally why Tobey Maguire showed up in street clothes which it was also a joke a joke in the movie where uh andrew garfield says um you know basically he wants to know if if he's going to join in on the fight and he says do you have a suit or are you going to go fighting like a looking like a, a a youth pastor a youth pastor and i just thought it was completely funny because he did look like you know like somebody that works at like the boys and girls club or something like that um but when he showed that he had a suit on and i think that was just a way for them to kind of like teased is like to like make us believe that maybe all three wouldn't wouldn't suit up or whatever because there was a part where uh the two you know the two past spider-man had to go and find uh the new spider-man and when they found him you know andrew garfield was in his suit but toby Maguire was still you know in his khakis and and his uh jacket and i was just like this is weird but you know it it worked out um i did like so marissa tomei is officially done with the spider-man films she was killed off um she was killed off by green goblin um which oh my god i'm sorry but willem dafoe as green goblin decades after he played him originally in the Sam Raimi films was genius. He was so good. Oh my gosh. He still can, he, you know, you know what he he's like to me? He's like Jack Nicholson playing the Joker. It's like he puts that grin on and it's just like, you can't see anybody else playing that role legit and being better than Willem Dafoe it's not going to happen he looks crazy he looks completely fractured he man 
and the way that they played him was perfect because and 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 this is the other thing that kind of had me a little weirded out they were they were playing all they were playing all the villains in this sympathetic role they were playing them in sympathetic roles so they they they, they literally had a they literally had a standstill with Spider-Man you know and th- and that kind of bothered me cuz i cuz i know you know the motivations of all of these villains and their bottom line is to just kill Spider-Man. No ifs, ands, or buts, kill Spider-Man. And yes, Doc Ock was basically raging to a point to do this. But once he once he saw Tom Holland's face, he realized it wasn't the Spider-Man that he'd known. And that could be the rationale for the rest of them. But I wouldn't think that the rest of them would care. Period. I just don't think they would care. I think that they would all think, especially Green Goblin, which he pretty much did take that role. He he was just like, you know what, regardless of whether you're my Spider-Man or any other Spider-Man, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you and everybody else here. Um, and Electro, he also took kind of like a passive position for a while. And it was it was OK, but I definitely liked the conflict in him he was saying i knew i was somewhere different you know like a different universe and it's a different power and i like it and i was like okay this that's enough motivation for me for him to want to stay and for him to want to get back at the people but you know as conflicted as sandman has always been in all the films i felt like it it was still like all he wanted to do in in the entire film was go home. He just wanted to get back to Spider-Man 3. <laughs> That's what he wanted to do. And so it didn't like he didn't have a full conversation with anybody about whether he was going to turn code or anything like that. Like he just left. He just left with all the other vil- villains. Now they did in fact by plot fix Doc Ock. They fixed him. They actually, you know, the chip that blew out in Spider-Man 2 and the Sam Raimi films, you know, Tom Holland in his universe was actually able to make a replacement one with with the Stark tech and basically install it and fix Doc Ock so that he wasn't he was in control of the um, of the arms. And, you know, you are led to believe that Electro killed Dr. Octopus. But then but then fast forward to the end of the film, you know, where there was a complete shift in power. Like you go the first half of the film and you think Doc Ock is like the strongest one out of all of them. But by the end of the film, it is clearly Electro. He is clearly the strongest out of all of the freaking villains. Like he just had it on lock. I mean, it was just, it it was just no way to deal with him. Um, And, you know, like then, you know, then there's a part where, you know, like Electro is literally going to kill these Spider-Men. He's going to kill them. He's going to kill all three of them. <laughs> you know, like that. That's that's where I was like, OK, this is good. This is getting good because he's literally going to kill all three. And Doc Ock comes out of nowhere. And it's like Electro forgot that they they had last fought. He forgot. And and he was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll handle him. And and Doc Ock had took the chest, uh, 
of both of the of two of the spider men and then he used his other two arms to take you know this little thing to basically nullify electro's power and you know put it in his in his uh arc reactor or whatever and it was just weird i'm like you 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 tried to kill this man last time and now all of a sudden you'll let him creep up behind you and ultimately you know stop you like it didn't make sense it just didn't make sense i felt like you know what at the end of the day if you're winning that hard then you should just try to kill everybody you know like especially doc Ock. like you even said before you blew him out the window i liked you better before meaning he liked him better when he was crazy and he couldn't control his mind um but he just had a lapse in 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 judgment and in whatever now back to the green goblin now green goblin was just amazingly done i keep saying it i'm gonna keep saying it but the one thing that i really really liked is they continue to transition his costume and by the time he showed up to the final fight uh between the spider-man and all of the villains because at this point i think all the other villains were incapacitated um when he showed up at this point, oh my gosh, he looked like Green Goblin. Like he looked, he finally looked like he finally looked like Green Goblin comic status, and I was super happy for it. I was like, yes, now we got the you know the green with the purple accent and the hood and everything like that, and it was just brilliant. He looked good, and I'm gonna say this. I don't know what they what movie magic they did, but both of the fights, there was one fight that was in a building and then there was another fight that was um, that was at the Statue of Liberty. Both fights with Tom Holland and Willem Dafoe. Excellent. Just excellent. Just good choreography. Good camera work. They just made it so believable. Um, One thing one thing I love about Spider-Man and and Andrew Garfield even said it in dialogue. You know, at one point, I stopped holding back my punches. The one thing that we don't know, and I mean, we've gotten inklings of it in other films, but we don't really know how strong Spider-Man really is. None of the Spider-Man. Like, we, we, see, we see them, you know, doing this, hitting that, you know, smashing this, whatever. Um, but man... There was a part where Tom Holland he he hit some metal <laughs> and and I mean he not only did he dent the metal I mean it just it rung out this like this long gong ring and I'm just like bro is strong like like Captain America's my favorite in the entire MCU and I don't even think he could hit that thing like that and I've seen him hit a lot of things and and you know like my favorite scene in the, in everything he's done has been that elevator scene you know, I've seen him pull a whole freaking, you know, high frequency magnet off his <laughs> mag- magnetized handcuff off of his arm from, you know, from the metal that it was that, w- that was holding, uh, you know, against him. It, he pulled it right off. I'm like, yo, that dude's strong because if you're pulling against an element like that's that's a whole different that's a whole different bag. But this but wait, Tom Holland hit that metal and that man, I was like, bro, he could kill somebody just with his fist. But man, it's like Green Goblin, dude, like he didn't give two F's about nothing. 
And he was always one step ahead on everything. And it's so funny because you see you see through the the trailers, you know, you see that like the the universe starts to get fractured or whatever. He did that. He did that. He he freaking put a pumpkin bomb in the 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 contain the container for the broken spell that Doctor Strange didn't use and he freaking blew it up and it just started fracturing and and he gave little to two f's he just goes laughing and just i'm and i'm just like this is exactly how you play a villain villains need to be complete chaos they need to not care about what is being done and who they are doing it to and even when he killed off marissa tomei or aunt may whatever you want to call her like it was it was the perfect it was so funny because it was like basically it was tit for tat but you're doing it to somebody's universe that you have no recollection of you don't care you just know that he cares about her and you want him to suffer it was just perfect it was absolutely genius and again i give a hundred and ten percent um credit to uh, Willem Dafoe for his brilliant acting as Green Goblin and especially Alfred Molina as uh, as Doc Ock. And there was a charming scene where, um, you know, because, you know, th- the one thing they had to do in the film was have the different Spider-Man fight the different villains that which happened. Um, and then they had to get the Spider-Man who were familiar with their particular villains back in front of those, you know, those villains and they did that as well. And um, which I thought, which I thought um, Andrew Garfield fighting the lizard. I just thought that was funny. And he and he he's also the one that has the best like one liners. I think his one liners come off a lot better than uh, than Tom Holland's has has come off or 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 um, Tobey Maguire's has come off. Um, he just sounds a little bit more natural when it comes to like taunting the villain so you know he's fighting lizard and he's just taunting him and it was just awesome i was just like okay yeah that that's that's my spider-man um but yeah there was also a, a cool scene where uh toby mcguire and and alfred molina uh come face to face but it's basically the closing of their chapter because you know in 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 spider-man 2 i think towards the end you know doc ock kind of realized that he was in the wrong but he ended up dying anyway and this was kind of a good way to kind of see a different side of them um closing that chapter of their con their past conflict and you know basically having a meeting of the minds as normal people you know and i just loved it you know he's like oh you've grown up and you know he's like oh you know i could have been better and yada yada and toby toby mcguire's is he 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 did good you know he did good he was he was definitely the oldest spider-man um i think there was also a point in reference to his back which i think there was i remember there was one scene in one of the spider-man i can't remember what happened but i remember he he had this real bad back problem he goes my back and i just thought that was completely funny so he did have a scene in this spider-man where um where andrew garfield was asking like what's wrong he's like my back you know like you know something's wrong and then he cracked it for him which i thought was super funny um but yeah super 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 good film super good um 
now let's talk about that that mid credit scene and then the end credit scene so the mid credit scene was what everybody had been clamoring for what we all expected oh before i even talk about that because i'm not even i'm not even oh my god how can i not address the best part so <laughs> so when so when the police go to pick up peter parker because obviously he murdered mysteria and they take him to uh to you know the precinct or whatever um it was so funny because i didn't i didn't understand the scene when they did it because there was a scene where uh, Zendaya and Marissa Tomei look at um, Tom Holland and they say, don't talk without a lawyer. You know, like they both said it in tandem. And I was just like, what? Like, OK, whatever. And then there was a part where they're sitting at their home and you can hear someone off screen as his counsel. You know, they're talking, you know, um, literary lingo and, you know, all these lawyer words and stuff like that. And when it pans out, it's freaking daredevil. <laughs> it's freaking Daredevil. It's it's freaking uh uh Matt Murdock. Uh at you know, and I, I can't remember the, the actor's name, but he you know, it you if you've watched the Netflix series, you know it's Daredevil. And I I mean and that was a part where the theater did kind of gasp because they knew and I was like, Yes, people know who he is. That is super cool. Um but what I thought was freaking amazing so so that right there just lets you know that daredevil in himself is a part of the mcu proper which also leads me to believe that uh jessica jones is a part of it iron fist is a part of it power man or luke cage is a part of it you know so and ultimately wilson fisk um is a part of the mcu the normal mcu so that's kind of cool um but what was really really cool was that there was a scene where someone threw a brick into the window that was going to hit Marissa Tomei and Matt Murdock catches it midair. Didn't even look back, just caught it. And Tom Holland says, or Peter Parker says, how did you do that? And he goes, I'm a really good lawyer. And that let me know that Spider-Man doesn't know that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. So he has not met the vigilante daredevil um which that's just gonna be a totally different chapter opening up and i cannot wait um but let's go oh and before and another thing before we uh before we uh finish talking about the mid-credit and in-credit scene um they 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 showed they showed us what the new suit's gonna look like going forward so they so they have confirmed that they are gonna do a new trilogy and i'm and this is this next trilogy will be the one that I buy into. And let me tell you why, because this is going to be Spider-Man away from the Avengers and away from Tony Stark. So he's no longer wearing the super gadgety suits. His suit doesn't look all, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not like, it's not like Captain America when he, you know became a uh, part of shield and he's wearing that you know navy blue suit with the one star no red you know like it's not like that anymore because that because that's the feeling i got when i was looking at all the spider-man suits that he's been wearing in the first two films i was just like yeah none of this makes sense but he was wearing his proper 
spider-man suit but it was oh my god it was so freaking cool looking it was like this shiny kind of blue with the red and i i couldn't quite see the the um the bat insignia on his back to see if it was bigger or whatever um i didn't quite see it on his chest but he looked like normal spider-man and that excited me i was like i cannot wait until the next three films because this is when he's going to be the Spider-Man that I know, the Spider-Man that I love. Like the he, like it was actually pretty cool because he actually looked more comic like. Like he, the the blue, the blue, it wasn't like a, a a a a pale no, it was like a shiny like electric blue. It was like an electric blue. It was so bright and it just had this sheen to it. And I was like, "Yes." And the red was just so robust and I, dude I am super excited for that next suit and I'm super excited for the next three films. Now, mid credit scene, we are either in Mexico or South America or somewhere. And guess who we are looking at sitting at a bar, getting completely drunk, talking about his problems. It is freaking Eddie Brock. It is Eddie Brock from Venom. Um, and yeah, it, it, it basically just confirms that. I mean, we already seen him in in uh, Let There Be Carnage. He got transitioned to the MCU because at the end credit scene on that film, um, he was looking at a newscast that featured Tom Holland, and you know that basically confirmed he was in that universe. But this like made it super solid. So. Um, he's talking about all this stuff about how he woke up and, you know, he ended up, you know, somewhere different, blah, blah, blah. And what what I thought was really cool was that in Venom's universe, he's the only person that has powers. But now he comes to this place and the bartender told him, like, dude, this there's like heroes on top of heroes over here, you know, and we have people, you know, we had an event where people disappeared and stuff like that. So he's kind of like telling him basically catching him up on the spark note version of the MCU. And then he, then he ultimately says, well, I got to go find this, you know, this Peter Parker guy. But then he gets, he gets uh transitioned back to his universe, Um, which that's, that also happened with the other, um, the other uh, villains. They all got trans transported back to, their original timeline same thing with the spider-man um but it was it was at the it was at the cost of everyone forgetting who tom holland spider-man was so nobody knew that tom holland was spider-man um or peter parker was spider-man whatever um and including his girlfriend and his best friend um but venom still knew which that kind of I was just kind of like, okay, how do you not, how do you still know firstly, but he got transitioned. He got, well, no, 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 he didn't. I'm sorry. He didn't know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man or did he? No, he had to know because, because they, they revealed it from let there be carnage. But I think, I think by the end of no way home, I think he was just trying to find just Spider-Man period. Um, But he got transitioned back to his universe, which I don't know what that means for um, for Tom Hardy meeting Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like, I, I guess I guess that's not going to happen. Um, 
But in the closing, because the guy says, oh, another person who didn't pay their bill. So he's cleaning up his area. And then we see a little droplet of symbiote left behind. So and then the, and then the scene closes out. So basically some of the alien is is still in the MCU. And my assumption is that it is going to go and find uh, it's going to find Tom Holland. And this may be a way that he gets his black suit. So this might be a way for him to get his black suit. Um, but then we all know how that goes because he gets the black suit. He becomes more aggressive, becomes more like Batman <clears throat> as opposed to Captain America or Superman. And he just starts going, you know, ham on, on villains and stuff. Um, but we'll see, or maybe, maybe they'll find that, that, uh, that universe's version of Eddie Brock. Maybe it'll be a younger person, somebody who stands, you know, in feature a little bit more younger to Tom Holland. Um, I don't know, but it was cool. Now the end credit scene was reminiscent of how they did. Um, I remember, I remember years and years back, um, when I, I can't remember what film it was, but they basically did like snippets of the Avengers film before the original Avengers film came out. And then they said the Avengers will, the the Avengers will be coming, you know, I don't know, summer of whatever. It, and so it was, but it was just like snippets of like the actual film that they were filming in that moment. And so basically we were treated to small snippets of the film that's coming, uh, Dr. Strange, uh, madness of the multiverse, um, or the multiverse of madness. Uh, I don't know which one it is, but we, we were treated to little snippets of that. So we got to see, um, we got to see the Scarlet Witch. We got to see uh, his former buddy, the one who who left. I forgot his name in the in the film, but we got to see him. And then we got to see a scene that was completely just awesome. We got to see evil Doctor Strange, and basically, it was him meeting an alternate version of himself from a different universe, and it was just glorious. And that is how they ended it. So. That was Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Very, very good film. Like I said, it's 8.5. I recommend people see it. I think I think if you're if you're a Spider-Man fan just off the rip, then you definitely need to go see it. But if um if you if you just want like if you've seen the first two films, I think you definitely owe it to yourself to see this third one just to see how they just kind of close everything up because they they do it so neatly. And it's just oh, man, it was just so good. It was just really, really, really good. And I'm just absolutely happy that I saw it. I probably won't see it a second time, but, you know, for what I went went and saw, I had fun. Have you seen Spider-Man No Way Home already? I'd love to hear what, you know, you thought about the film. If you rate it as high as I did, higher, lower, um, just would love to hear from you. You guys know you can hit me up on Twitter. Um, you can hit me up on uh, More TA Podcast. That's More TA Podcast on the Twitter Always willing to talk to uh, my peeps on there and, you know, get some insight on things that I discuss here on the show. So uh, that's going to do it. 
Um, hopefully, uh, ho- I, like I said, I hope I hope the people that listen to this uh, have already saw the film, or maybe you just don't care about seeing the film and you just wanted to listen to somebody just rant and rave about how they thought it was awesome. So there you go. You're welcome. Um, well, with that being said, you guys already know the deal. Do me that favor. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>